Hello, this is Father Michael Eads from the Toronto Oratory, and you're listening to Lexio et Oratio, a short spiritual reading podcast followed by a reflection. The Imitation of Christ by Thomas Akempis, Book 3, Chapter 3. We should listen humbly to God's words. Many people fail to appreciate them properly. Christ the Beloved speaks. My son, listen to my words. Words of surpassing sweetness they are. Words that outsoar all the learning of the philosophers and wise men of this world. My words are spirit and life. They have no place in the scales of man's understanding. They should not be brought out to satisfy the unthinking pleasure they afford you. No, they should be listened to in silence, received with humility and deep affection. I said this once too. Happy, Lord, is the man whom you chasten, reading him the lesson of your law. For him, you will lighten the time of adversity. He will not be left lonely upon the earth. From the very beginning, it is I, the Lord, speaking. I taught the prophets, and from then until the present day, I have never stopped speaking to all men. But many there are who are deaf to my voice and heart of heart. Many are fonder of listening to the world than to God, readier to follow the cravings of the flesh than what God wants of them. The world promises men its petty prizes that are soon gone and finds in them its eager and willing slaves. I promise them prizes whose glory lasts forever, and the hearts of men are dull and unmoved. What man is there who in all he does gives me such devotion, such obedience, as is given the world and those who rule the world? Sidon, blush for shame, says the sea. If you ask why this should be, I will tell you the reason. To gain some trifling reward, a man will hurry a long way. Yet there are many who, to gain eternal life, will hardly take one single step. People aim at prizes of little worth. Sometimes you hear of sordid wrangling over a single coin for some minor advantage or the bare promise of it. They will wear themselves out, toiling day and night. And yet, shame on them. When they are offered a good that cannot change, a reward beyond price, honor and glory without end. How loath they are to bear even the least amount of toil. Well, may you blush, you slothful and complaining servant, that men such as these are readier to lose their souls than you are to win life. They get more enjoyment from their chasing after vanities than you do in the pursuit of truth. The hopes they cherish are often belied. No one is deceived by my promises. The man who trusts in me is never sent away empty. When I promise a thing, I give it. When I speak, I make good my word. If only a man remains faithful in my love to the end. I am he who rewards all good men. Strong in my praise of all who are devout. Write these words of mine in your heart and carefully think over them. When the time comes for you to be tempted, you will find them a great standby. 
There will be things in your reading you fail to understand. Their meaning will come home to you at the time of my coming. There are two ways in which I visit my chosen, one by testing their loyalty, the other by bringing them comfort. There are likewise two lessons that I read them every day. In one, I rebuke them for their misdeeds. In the other, I encourage them to grow in virtue. The man who makes me of no account and does not accept my words has a judge appointed to try him. It is the message I have uttered that will be his judge at the last day. A prayer begging for the grace of devotion. O Lord, my God, you are my total good. Who am I to dare speak to you? I am the least, the poorest of your servants. Nothing but a wretched little worm, far poorer and more insignificant than I know or have the courage to say. Yet remember, Lord, that I am nothing, possess nothing, can do nothing. You alone are good, just, and holy. You can do all things, grant all things, fill all things, leaving none but the sinner empty of your bounty. Remember your mercies. Fill my heart with your grace. For it is not your wish that any of your works should be empty. How can I bear this life of sorrow if you do not support me with your mercy and grace? Do not turn your face away from me. Do not be long in coming to me. Do not withdraw your consolation from me, or my soul will become like a land parched with drought. Lord, teach me to do what you want me to do. Teach me to live humbly and worthily in your presence. You are my wisdom. You know me as I really am, as you have done before the world was made. Before my birth, I came into this world. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Angels of God, our guardians, dear, to whom God's love commits us here, ever this day be at my side, to light and guard, to rule and guide. Amen. Most sacred heart of Jesus, teacher of teachers, have mercy on us. Saint Philip Neri, gentle guide of youth, patron of thy own, vessel of the Holy Ghost, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. In book three, Thomas Kempis is continuing this dialogue he has with the Lord, speaking to the Lord, asking the second person of the Trinity, Jesus Christ, his beloved, for all kinds of graces, but also allowing the Lord to speak to him. Now, where in the scriptures do we have a basis for thinking that Jesus hears and answers prayers? Well, already at the wedding feast of Cana, Christ hears our ladies say they have no wine, and he has a dialogue with her. What is that to me and to you, woman? My hour has not yet come. And then she responds to his words by actions. Or think about the end of his life on the cross. Remember me, the good thief says, when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus responds, today you will be with me in paradise. Or think of the blind Bartimaeus. Lord, that I might see, he says. And that was a response to Jesus' question, what would you have me do to you? And Jesus was responding to Bartimaeus' cry, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And people tried to stop him. 
They tried to stop him from speaking to Jesus, but he cried out all the more, Lord Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. And so our Lord, even in this life, heard and answered prayers. Your faith has made you well. He made Bartimaeus see. Our Lady was answered by turning water into wine. And the good thief was forgiven his sins there at the end of his life. And so we have to take not only the content of these chapters to heart. We have to take the form of them to heart. We have to take the example that Thomas Kempis is giving us of prayer to our Lord, of speaking directly to Jesus Christ, of asking him for things, of trying to listen to him, to him, to heart. And how do we listen to Jesus? Well, we take a chapter like this and read it slowly. We take the words that are put into our Lord's lips and we, we take them as spoken to ourselves. Or even better yet, we take the Gospels. We take the scriptures. And in those Gospels, we hear the words of Christ. We hear God speaking to us. In our reading, God speaks to us. And then in our prayer, we speak back to him. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.